Baker Mayfield. Undraftable. Off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into today's OBR Film Breakdown Quick Hitter, where we are going to talk with um, our, our OBR beat writer, Fred Greetham, about the interesting press conference, which is typical to happen during the bye week, I believe, uh, where the GM will get up and talk about sort of the state of the union with the team. Fred Greetham, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Jake? I'm good, Fred. I'm good. Is that Am I right on that? Is that typically what happens? You hit the bye week, you get a chance to kind of have some time with uh, with the GM? Yeah, um, it's kind of the state of the Browns type situation. Um, he isn't available a whole lot. Um, you know, even even when we're out of practice, you see him walk out to watch practice, and kind of even John Dorsey past. You know, GMs would kind of, kind of come over and just say hi and kind of shoot the breeze a little bit, but he doesn't really do that. I'm not saying he's not nice. He just doesn't you know, really spend a lot of time, you know, chit-chatting, and it's pretty much in a formal setting, like, you know, and it's not even in per. it's pretty much like a Zoom call is what it's been the last two years. So, yeah, I mean, doesn't really give you a lot of information, you know, the, the nuts and bolts that everybody's looking for. So you kind of have to, you know, put together maybe some ideas, but, that leaves open speculation. Everybody sees it their way, you know, Oh, this means that and somebody else would have exact opposite take on it. So yeah, he spent about 20, 30 minutes with us yesterday. And, you know, the biggest gist to me was he said over and over. And I, I wrote about that in a story kind of about Mayfield and so forth. Everybody wants to know about his future. He just wanted to limit it to the five games other than saying we're looking at it, a big picture, total body of work, what's he done since he's been here, those type of things, and referred a little bit to last year and, and some of those points. But, you know, my my question was, okay, it's great. Hunky Dory's going to play his best five games. They're all wishful thinking. And, and you know, and they are in the midst of the season. They still, the door isn't closed on them. But, you know, when you look at the big picture there, what if what if five games aren't very good? You know, then you just kind of kick the discussion down the road. So, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, the gist of it. You know, the OBJ situations in the past, and we really didn't talk to him. He released a statement at that time, mm-hmm. and now when it's brought up, it's like, well, we already dealt with that. You know, that's that's typically what happens. You ask about somebody ahead of time, Oh, I can't talk about it. But then after, oh, he's with another team. We don't want to talk about it anymore. You know, so it's you know it's one of those just part of the deal nowadays. You really never get to the bottom sometimes of things. Yeah, they're definitely not going to give much away. I don't think they ever try to. It's not the goal anymore. I think you could probably speak to Fred back in the day when you had more access to players. You got more out of them. Was it was it the same with? time spent with GMs or time spent with head coaches, maybe it was a little more personable, like 
I guess less shuttered. I feel like everybody today, and it's weird because social media, you think it would be a little bit more the opposite, but you almost get nothing out of these guys. Whereas I think, you know, when you were covering the Browns and, and before the move and things of that nature, even when right when they came back, it seemed like you got more access and at least you got more honest opinions, even if they were off the record. You know what I'm saying? Am I right on that or is that a little off? Oh, absolutely. I mean, back in the day, I mean, the old days, even Bill Belichick would bring us into you know, into one of the meeting rooms and show us some film and, and say this, you know, when somebody's ripping on something and saying, this is really what's going on. It was off the record, but it was kind of like a little bit to show you like why you're wrong and, or whatever. Chris Palmer did that. Um, Mike Pettin did that. Hugh Jackson. I mean, they, those off the record things, even in the off season were, were valuable because it gave you a little more and it, you build a, you build a little bit of a, I don't know, credibility or, or, a, a bond a little bit more with, uh, you know, with the coach or GM instead of it's, it's just seems to be, you're the enemy, you know, and whereas most of us back in the day, we, we flew with the team. We were almost considered part of the team, you know, and, and you just had a better feeling. You could still be objective and everything, but let's face it, most people doing this are doing it because they like football or love football and they want the team they're covering to win mm-hmm. because that would make it more interest. There'd be more interest about it. So it just seems like, yeah, I think one of the frustrating things on that, Jake, is you know we can spend 10 minutes with the coach or the GM and maybe within a half hour after that, there's been cases when a national breaking news, you know, and it's like, couldn't you have let us know about that? You know, it's so much everything, and I get it, is filtered to the big national networks, you know, the NFL network or ESPN or whatever it may be, and they, they tip them off, and we have to kind of report on what they say, you know. It's a little bit frustrating, and I don't think anybody's looking for, you know, major scopes or anything, just kind of looking for a a level playing field. But we were, you know, glad to be able to talk to them. That's typically what happens during the bye because it's late in the year. You know, a lot of things, you know, you don't get into a lot of things because it's the season's still going. Then the postseason's one will have another one probably. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, yeah, I, I think that that's the, dy- the dynamic you're talking about there is what has become so interesting. Why there's only... I don't know if it's it's more – do you think it's more pu- publicity? And we'll get back to the Barry stuff here in a second, but this is a curiosity question for you, Fred, as someone who's done this, uh, you know, seen different eras of, of, of media journalism with this stuff. Like there there wasn't Adam Schefter in 1995. Like there were national guys, the Peter Kings and stuff like that. But like, you know, there there weren't guys that get all the breaking stories like this or ev- it seems like everything. I don't know. Is it a lack of trust with local people? I, I don't. Is it maybe wanting more publicity because they have higher follower counts? Like, what do you attribute that to? Because I find that dynamic to be so weird because what I, you know, when you trace, when you trace the Washington football team story, it was tied to Adam Schefter, like saying exactly almost Adam Schefter getting approval from Bruce Allen about what to say. It's so weird to me. When did that dynamic start to shift? Is it, is it tied to Twitter? Is that when this all started? I think so. I think a lot of it, you know, with the, you know, immediate news, we, you know, you used to be able to go watch practice, digest it and everything, and then go home and then read through over and over, put it together. And then the next morning, you know, things came out. I think the internet more than anything, I don't know if Twitter came out exactly when internet, but it just seemed when you could post things that, and with the national guys, yeah, they they have they're getting it from the agents. The agents are all, you know, hey, you know, they have the relationship. So if they want something out from their end, it kind of works both ways. And so that's I think that's why it's given to the national people because yeah, they get more bang for their buck. Um, and a lot of times we'll get a a release from the Browns after Schefter Rappaport's put something out because everybody's asking to confirm it, and then they know they have to do something, and then they confirm it. And, but you always have to cite, oh, according to Adam Schefter, or, you know. It's a good question. I don't know how they got to that point, but, you know, when somebody gets anointed, they, they're they pretty much the point guy. With each Each outlet has, their guy like that, whether it's Rappaport, Schefter, Jay Glazer, whatever it may be. But it just seems like that's where the the GMs kind of are directed or hooked into those guys. And they let information out that that helps them. And agents do the same thing. And so it kind of goes all the way around. Because, yeah, it's definitely not – Adam Schefter calling 32 GMs every five minutes, anything new, anything new. They're being given that information. So, you know, they get all the credit and, you know, and (laughs) we're just saying, you know, it's like, why can't you just even spell it all to, you know, to the local people at the same time. But I think they get more bang for their buck doing that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It does seem so. It is a weird sort of a set of circumstances there for me. I don't I don't know. Just find it just find it kind of odd how that shifted over time and just almost turned the media, the local media into the enemy, which is so weird mm-hmm. to me. So weird. I tried to talk to Cameron Justin about J- Justice about that too. It's just it's it's gotten hostile to the point of awkwardness a lot of times from from some folks. But let's get back to Barry. So he talked about Kevin Stefanski a little bit, how he's handled the second year as a head coach. He talked about play calling, um, specifically tying Stefanski to the belief. You know, we're not these two are connected at the hip. I never would expect Andrew Barry to have some sort of rush judgment about Kevin and and, and based on a portion of a season. Um, what vibe did you kind of get around the play calling stuff, the Kevin Stefanski stuff? I think he he supported him, but I just kind of wanted to get your take on what what you feel about it and. And, uh, you know, the play calling stuff, too. Yeah, I think that they're pretty much joint at the hip. I think they're, they are on the same page and they're pretty much in alignment. But he wanted to stay in his own lane. You know, that's another go to thing when they know that somebody will not really. I guess we do see Stefanski, but, you know, you'll say, well, you need to ask him. A lot of times they'll say, well, you need to ask the player. Well, the player's not available. You know, like during the OBJ thing, it's like, well, you need to talk, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's like, but he, I think, yeah, I don't think that he wants to get into that aspect at all. It very limits your scope of what you can talk about because you can't really talk about contracts or what they're thinking about with players. And, and I get that because it's negotiating poise. It's, if you say something, then the agent's going to say, see, you said he was your long-term answer or, you know, or whatever. So they're kind of finding a fine line. You know, you get, you get, I probably had the question that got the longest answer, you know, about, you know, you had all the continuity and offense, you had everything you wanted to bring back and why have you regressed? And he answered for about a minute and a half, didn't say a whole lot, but, he did blame the passing game, but he was quick to point out he didn't mean that it was the quarterback. So, you know, you do get some nuggets here and there. Um, it was interesting to see some people take that because he wouldn't commit to Baker that he's moving on from him. Nor is that the um, vibe you got, Fred? Or did you did you just feel no. like it was typical GM talk stuff? Yeah, it's typical GM talk. I think that. Again, negotiating's in there, and if Mayfield's wanting big dollars and, you know, the Browns are not 
going there. You know, they want to leave all their options on the table. I think that here's just me. I do think that he has said he's been consistent since he's been there that Mayfield's the long-term answer. He might not have said that in those words, but he said over and over, everybody extended, like Garrett, Chubb, he said the same things. And so I think that's where things are heading. But I do think that he is going to look at all options. And and I agree with that. If you cannot upgrade the position, you don't just move on until you have something better. So many times, you know, teams move on and they don't have a better option. I mean, I've been covering this team just since they come back and they've had 32 quarterbacks. If you just said, hey, let's just go get a quarterback, I think they would have had one. And and so if, if Derek Carr would become available or Russell Wilson or who knows, whether you think those are upgrades or not, you have to look and see if there's a better option out there. I dig to it. Just call off talks and say, we're starting over. We're hoping to go one in 15 and get the number one pick and hope there's a good quarterback that year. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think lost in the shuffle, Fred, that's a great point of, you know, whether you're evaluating Baker Mayfield's play or, wh- or whatever you're trying to do or who's holding them back or whatever, you do have to ask the question of, well, what's the next solution? You know, you can be a part of the part of the problem or part of the solution. Well, if you're going to try to suggest moving on, which is really not something I've totally done at all, I do think you have to present what what's the best solution for that problem. And I think that's what Barry is obviously going to protect um, himself from saying something incorrect there. And obviously, like you said, illuminate the fact that they will at least explore as they explore every position, every player available. They do all of that stuff. So um, good stuff for right? any other things before we close here on, on any other uh, parts of that, that, that stood out to you or well, we might've already just, covered it. Yeah. Just, just my personal is I wouldn't be surprised if they just go into and go into the off season and say, you know, you got 18 million guaranteed next year. We've already committed to you. We want to see you go out and, and play like you did in 2020, or, you know, or whatever. And meanwhile, you know, look at your options. And, and if you, again, because we have seen him play at a high level and you're trying to evaluate now, if you're saying he's healthy, you're almost hoping his play is because he's not healthy. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yep. Because if he's not healthy then you at least have an option or an out thinking okay get surgery he'll be back to normal but if he if you say he's totally fine but he's playing like this then you're like well I don't know so they have a lot of questions and I think he's taking the high road and hoping that he lights it up in five games and the team does well and they make the playoffs but I don't know what they do if they keep playing like they've been so now that's pretty much it yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll be a lot more to talk about after the season, for sure. There will be. There will be. There's. It's still something like you're saying there. There's still five games. You can completely shift the narrative of your team's season in five games, whether good or bad. So you always ask the question, can it get worse than where they're sitting frustrated at 6-6? Six and six? Oh, yeah, it can get worse. And can they yeah. turn it around? Can they find a way to make the playoffs? Can Baker light it up the last five and give everybody a ton of hope? Of course. So that's what we'll see. Over a month of football left to play before we make our definitive 2021 
um, you know, thoughts and reactions and all that stuff. So great stuff from Fred Greetham. He's always there live in Berea covering the Browns, getting scoops, doing a great job. He's one of the best doing it, and we're lucky to have him. Fred, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Jake. Always fun. Okay, thanks to Fred again for joining us today. Guys, sorry that the pod's coming out a little late. Uh, had technical difficulties where I completely lost my audio from last night, but I think this worked out well because I really wanted to get Fred's take on what he watched yesterday. what he And the great question, too, because his question, as he said, was one of the ones that were covered most extensively. So appreciate Fred. Appreciate you guys for checking out today's show. We'll be back with John Colosimo tomorrow for our usual Friday spot, and then we'll do a mock draft on the OBR Twitch tonight if you want to watch. Thanks for tuning in. And as usual, have a great day and go Browns.